we're back. Welcome to Red Scare Podcast. <laughs> How's it going, Anna? It's good. I have nothing new. It is good to isn't report it? or to complain. Yeah, it's been going good. I yeah. feel a little bit sad. Really? Because yeah, I always feel a little sad, or when like fall hits. Really? Yeah, I feel Some a little noise. melancholy. Yeah. Oh, I feel great. The weather's finally getting nice. Yeah. Our lives are really nice. <laughs> yeah, I feel sad for no reason. I'm being an ungrateful bitch. Sure. Um, I had a very feminine day today. I went and got lasered. And then what lasered I consigned where? some clothing. What lasered where? I go to this laser spa that I will not repeat. No, what, where, what part of your body? Oh, my legs. I always get my legs done. Oh. But you have to keep doing it? Um. Well, I did it like two years ago and... I'm just only now starting to experience mild regrowth. So ladies it works and it's affordable and you should do it. I might do it. It's like wonderful. I never have to shave. I just got a group on for eyelash extensions. Yeah, that's, but I, um, I don't know when the right time is to get to do it. (laughs) Um, eyelash extensions are like gels because you have to do them kind of sparingly because they do in fact damage your eyelashes. You have to be careful. Because they fall out and then your eyelashes fall out. Um, but yeah, when I was, uh, I actually got an eyelash serum, mm. like an eyebrow eyelash serum. <laughs> and I felt like high for the past two days because my eyes are burning and watery. <laughs> <laughs> like this isn't good. Are you still smoking weed? No. You're done. No, I haven't. Phase I mean, I do periodically, but, but yeah, I was at the salon and this meek, sweet Asian woman like mm-hmm. motioned at my upper lip and was like, do you want to get that laser too? And I was mm-hmm. like, you fucking cunt. <laughs> but then I agreed. <laughs> really? Yeah. Why not? I need to get some facial hair removal. Yeah, also. it's great. The older you get, it's like, oh my God, the, the more weird facial and body hair you get that you, you what don't is want. That? I don't know. That sucks. Yeah. My grandma had a mustache. Yeah. Mine did. All Russian old, grandmas old do. Yeah. A mustache, kind of like a, a beard, like a soul patch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to invest in it. That was my initial, when we started the podcast, I was like, I just want to make enough money for um, laser hair removal. And now I think we're finally there. <laughs> yeah. I, I will recommend the spa that I use to you where you can buy a membership. So it's actually pretty dirt cheap. <laughs> and I will recommend it to This is a great episode any, already. What? <laughs> this is a great episode yeah, already. Yeah, it's wonderful. And I will recommend mm-hmm. it to any ladies or gays of the pod who might want it. If you slide into my DMs, I just don't want to mention it. Of course. In a free episode. Of course. Oh yeah, um, this one's free. I'm having another Epstein Truther meetup. Okay, on Sunday, uh, in Union Square Park at 3 p.m. Okay, just don't come if you're like weird or <laughs> trying to kill me or something. Don't come if you're gonna throw a milkshake at Dasha. Yeah, if you're some Antifa R word, don't mm-hmm. don't bother. Okay, because we've got real <laughs> stuff to do. You guys are gonna cosplay the Portland debates, <laughs> double cosplay. Yeah. We're going to reenact debates. What am I saying? The protests. Mm-hmm. <laughs> debates. <laughs> um, you went to the Marianne Williamson event yesterday. I did. I like kind of last minute and I met the queen, Mrs. Marianne Williamson. How did herself. she look? It's amazing. She was really beautiful and well-preserved, but tiny. Mm-hmm. She was, you know, I was wearing like flats and she was wearing like four inch heels like bobbing and weaving through the crowd you think she's like five feet tall she's like five feet tall she's like a kardashian oh my god she's perfect she's like a tiny, tiny. teacup porcelain doll of a woman oh tiny. with like a very forceful 
oratorial voice. Yeah. She kept breaking and it was so much better in person because she kept breaking into like the kind of cabaret singing thing and her voice would like warble. Is she going to be in the debates? No, she didn't qualify for the next one. It sucks. And that's it. The time's up and everything. We can't. There's nothing we can do. Um, I don't. I think that there is something we can do. She said she had to qualify um, in four Mm -hmm. different uh donation something i don't know i have to look up on this um donate to marianne now (laughs) she has to go go on four podcasts yeah she has to to unlock the next level (laughs) let's see um it was really so they basically opened with this woman who originally i think my uh companion and i Mm -hmm. thought was marianne because there was this woman wearing like a a wide brim fedora and Mm -hmm. like a sparkly sequin robe dress or something (laughs) hunched over charging her phone i was like marianne would never hunch over and charge her phone no and it was this like really beautiful tall woman who was like some sort of meditation person who led a meditation chant wow how did it feel um i don't know i i hate meditating I don't like it either. I'm very skeptical of it, but there was all these like, you know, like hot women and their sugar daddies in attendance mm-hmm. and everybody was just like breathing through the nostrils, <laughs> channeling positive energy. Um, I just don't fucking get it. You know, I you don't get it either, there. but maybe there's something that we don't understand. Maybe we're like heathens and Philistines. Because we have horrible compulsive thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, intrusive thoughts. I think of, like, the Holocaust and, like, yeah. having sex with one of my family members yeah. the minute that my <laughs> mind is forced I to shut think, down. I just think about my dad yeah. and all the, other, all the other men in my life. Yeah. Dima. That's right. Um, she said this woman was, like, send love out to your friends, your enemies, people who agree with you. Your haters. People who disagree with you. It was very mm. Trumpian in nature. Really? Yeah. Um, my favorite thing that Marianne said was, like, ladies and gentlemen... Trump is not just a politician. He's a phenomenon. And I was like, yes, queen. Because she gets it. And she's like truly the anti-Trump candidate. Because yeah. she understands how like completely influential and engrossing he's been. We've been saying that. Yeah. And I think everybody in the room kind of sighed. Um, my favorite part of the evening was, of course, Dave Navarro, <laughs> former guitarist in Red Hot Chili Peppers and Jane's Addiction, correct? I don't know if he was in the Red Hot Chili Peppers. No, he was for sure. Really? Yeah, I'm 100% certain. And he was sang in Jane's Addiction. And oh, he played guitar. Okay. Right? Um, yeah, he was wearing a cape. That's fucking cool. And a hat. <laughs> He's a really nice guy. Did he look, uh, did he have a pointy mustache, like a yeah, little cartoon kind of, devil? He had a pointy mustache and like rhinestone gauges. Hell yeah. He looked very Gen <laughs> Um Hat? And like, was there a hat, did you say? Yeah, I think there was a hat, possibly with like a bandana underneath. I don't know. The evening was a blur. <laughs> I was like drunk and eating sliders and scallops. Fun. Ooh, yeah. that sounds fun. I it wish. was nice. Um, and he basically... Uh, talk he was like you know you guys are probably wondering what i'm doing here you're probably wondering what a guy like dave navarro is doing (laughs) politically organizing like you (laughs) i saw politics as a form of entertainment in fact i became a registered libertarian and he like basically talked about how he was like a libertarian Mm -hmm. um he talked about his like fucked up upbringing which i was like not aware of of how his parents split when i when he was young which i was like boohoo like tell it to the judge everybody's parents are divorced and then he was talking about how when he was 15, his mother was murdered by one of her boyfriends, what? which is really fucked up. So he came to Marianne for through the process of being trauma so. and 
looking for spiritual Probably healing. sobriety yeah. as well. Yeah, Sober I, people love Marianne. Yeah, they do, yeah. Because they're all about that higher power. Mm-hmm. That higher high. I can't believe Dave Navarro was married to Carmen Electra. Oh, yeah. Damn. This, this is like no insult He's to Dave Navarro or Prince, but she married the two gayest looking straight guys <laughs> ever. Good for her. Yeah. It's incredible. I get Dave Navarro and Tommy Lee kind of like scrambled in my mind. Yeah, they're similar. And Pam Anderson and Carmen Electra, obviously different, but also similar. But they're like kind of, they occupy kind of a similar role in the pantheon of like uh, hookers with a heart of gold, like yeah. women that I personally aspire to in a weird way. Because they just seem Pam, so Pam nice. Pam Anderson, come on the pod. Yeah. Um. But he he talked. Of, he was talking about how he used politics as a drug to avoid his own trauma. Whoa! Yeah, my th- very um, deep. my therapist told me my old therapist that I like do political bullying because of a fear of intimacy. Actually, you're afraid to bully people in real life, so you bully them on the TL. No, I do bully. I bully people in real life okay. too, but that it's a way that I like, you know. I act political because I don't actually want to get close to anyone. Oh, right. Well, well, that's what Christopher Lash said, that politics is a retreat from the mass and chaos of personal drama. Yeah. Which is why I don't, I don't trust any male leftists. <laughs> yeah, politics is for girls. It's for men, but the kind of men that are only solely drawn to politics and make no room for a, a personal life or suspect. Right, for sure. Politics and statistics for men. Lindy effect. Fashion and <laughs> astrology for women. Um, yeah, Lindy was, effect is astrology for men. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. <laughs> Somebody should make a list of things that are astrology for men. Baseball. Baseball. <laughs> Lindy effect. Any sort of political wonkery. Math. <laughs> Not math. Jordan Peterson. Yeah their own their own kind of like men's rights rhetoric yeah um men's rights rhetoric that's a good one (laughs) um she was like full of quips she like Uh was like i'm not tom steyer i can't foot the bill taking a dig at billionaire tom steyer who's like the head of that impeach trump initiative um she said i've met all the candidates except for uh delaney which is hilarious because they were like yeah presumably in the same room <laughs> at some point he's so unmemorable he's she so forgettable she didn't remember which like ruddy bald asshole he was oh gillibrand dropped out yeah gillibrand's out hell yeah um see she, you later bitch yeah she's said to vox i think that she mm. um will endorse a candidate preferably a woman of course but no shocker there you think she'll endorse warren probably yeah or no she's gonna endorse kamala she has to because she's such a neolib oh yeah right yeah it'll be kamala but it's funny that i like to see this uh new trend of gillibrand having to swallow her female jealousy Mm -hmm. in service of taking a professional high ground and she has to be consistent with her me too narrative she can't endorse a man because people pile on her yeah that's Klobuchar going to drop out on this. I don't know. I'm shocked it was Gillibrand, not Klobuchar. At least Gillibrand's easier on the eyes than Klobuchar. Yeah, oh God. she has definitely more of a chance than Klobes. Klobes. She should in, in, uh, endorse Klobuchar. That would be really <laughs> fucking depressing. Uh, Klobuchar needs to hit up a Sephora. 
yeah <laughs> she's gonna end up looking like one of those male influencers that i was tweeting about oh yeah i saw that um, who was the other guy you were tweeting about aziz he's like a bulgarian pop star that was big on gossip blogs in the <laughs> early 2000s don't ask why i know uh-huh. this because i was a big fan of delisted and richard lawson and all these like oh yeah yeah, yeah. gossip queens uh-huh. that was like the <laughs> pinnacle of That's so political cool. writing for me right um when richard lawson who has kind of sadly and unfortunately taken a turn toward care lord woke scold or whatever mm-hmm. back in the day i remember he used to do those like rundowns of uh, like recaps of housewives episodes and he called Ch- Teresa judice's daughters limoncello buca de beppo <laughs> and shrimp scampi which was incredible it that's really inspired me to be a writer it wasn't Camille yeah Bogley or the well, last psychiatrist once you saw what could be done with language yeah i was like god this is like orwellian <laughs> amazing um anyway so the night was a success the, the night was a success yeah i grifted my way in there um she I, I i she's just a very impressive speaker you think she'll come on the pod i hope so i'm still I trying invited to get, her i'm still trying to get pause on the pod yeah well listen the power of positive thinking of positive thinking oh i had a good name for it too for with Winnie we have her on it, it wasn't friend of the pause it was better than that that's really good <laughs> but though. that's really good yeah. actually <laughs> um, um but I haven't heard from her since I went she to her also hotel. addressed in hand and kind of waved off accusations that she's she is herself a grifter yeah my kind of girl yeah um us neither <laughs> yeah um I think you can watch who me grift who me <laughs> um but um she and she demonstrated like a really kind of impressive understanding of how and why Donald Trump got elected and how Republicans and Democrats were like equally gobsmacked by him mm-hmm. and also how the left in general was gobsmacked by Bernie Sanders. Right. So she has like a really uh, keen awareness of She's like intuitive and astute person. Yeah. Of like the populist kind of thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. You can watch this whole segment on YouTube now, so I'm not even going to bother to recap it. Sure. But I was, like, drunkenly taking down quotes. <laughs> um, my uh, friend, friend of the pod, Michael, who was in the building mm-hmm. and who helped me elbow and grift my way into this event, has a theory that basically Marianne and Tulsi, the two most compelling and attractive female candidates for the presidency, yes. are basically boosting bernie that that's why they're there and that they're not really interested in their own presidency as such do you buy this um you think marianne's boosting bernie he does i don't know if i agree with him on this tulsi maybe yeah in a way you know i think she's there's she's smart enough to know that she's not going to be the president obviously i think they're also in it for their own political careers but um it's a nice idea that they're these like beautiful angels (laughs) <laughs> sent to lift up bernie sanders yeah um Tulsi's the much more conventional establishment political actor so i could see how that would be part of her little toolkit but i think marianne does want to be president i think she should be the first lady as we've said yes yeah <laughs> i got the sense just like briefly speaking to her that she does want to be president but she's also not she's not a hillary i she's not like uniquely concerned and obsessed with her ability to be president and would happily gladly cede that opportunity to somebody else if she thought that they were the more willing and fit candidate yeah yeah 
No, I think that her aims are pure and true. Yeah. And I think like where <laughs> she kind <clears throat> of falters or is uninformed comes from a place of like good intention. It's just like she literally does not have all the facts at the moment because she's operating at full speed. Neither do we. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like truly also a relatable. candidate. Yeah. We're just trying to figure it out as we go along. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was like a, a brief aside where she was talking about kind of like conscientious capitalism and how we have to rehabilitate c- capitalism, which was yeah. met, of course, with applause from the crowd, which were mostly kind of like Dave upper Nav- crust Dave Navarro New York liberals. I mean, Dave Navarro even said like, basically, when I started get, like gaining an interest in politics, I financially I was with them meaning the one percent and socially I was with them meaning like the little guy and he had to like reconcile his beliefs by becoming a libertarian Jesus like that's not how you do it (laughs) you did it wrong but I had but these guys that like Dave Navarro you know bless their hearts who are also nice well-meaning guys have to kind of find a post hoc rationalization for why they're so famous and And successful and and rich yeah and that rationalization is called libertarianism (laughs) another form of astrology for men totally yeah 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 i know some fucked up libertarians will will never be have any ounce of like self-awareness yeah i think in dave navarro's case he's like a legitimately like low income traumatized guy right who um skyrocketed to fame and success at a time Mm -hmm. where the industry model still made superstars out of people right um but a lot of guys who are libertarians are like elon musk types like guys who would be unfuckable in any other alternate universe (laughs) but have made a ton of money yeah or like producers yeah that's why there's like always like kind of like libertarians and rabid male leftists are just like one screw shy of you know (laughs) merging (laughs) i think that's all i have to say about most people's politics are about how people don't want to have sex with them. Yeah, that's really, true. You know? Yeah. If you really want to boil it down. <laughs> yeah, they are like po- po- political involvement or political affinity is like largely psychosexual. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like I was reading. <laughs> I bet Marianne, that's something Marianne understands. Yeah, she gets it. And she's, she's very like kind of. Um, understanding of people who are not in her who would not be in her orbit as like an elite aesthetic person you know Mm -hmm. and i think like she's doing a good job of normalizing those type of people for like the aspirational 14 percent that comes like below the one percent which types of people just like people who are like marginalized poor well yeah because she used to you know talk to them yeah well she used to smoke dope and run around with <laughs> bad boys <laughs> she knows how to let loose she knows how to have a good, yeah. a good time i really good like dope and bad boy <laughs> <laughs> i really yeah like she's a very enlightened person yeah no she is i mean i could just like being in the same room as her i could totally see how given a different a slightly different set of circumstances her life could have been totally fucked, which is how I feel about us also. Yeah. To be determined. Yeah. (laughs) I still feel, I don't feel like we're out of the woods yet. No, not yet, but I could totally see myself like going from host to sink to prostitution. Easy. But like low grade prostitution because to be like a high level prostitute, you have to be like 
really young and like look like a model in new york city (laughs) i'm just gonna be like turning tricks behind the white castle for impossible burgers right Um, yeah i mean downward assimilation is a mm -hmm. slippery slope for sure we were on that trajectory for a long time i basically was a prostitute (laughs) (laughs) but not anymore um no (laughs) no longer now i'm sex negative yeah now you're, I'm Catholic. You're post-horny, <laughs> yeah. Um, what else did she say? Um, my favorite line that she, I'm going to quote one more line from Marianne. Please to do. Buy us some no time. one's going to watch the YouTube clip. No. So let it um, rip. She was talking about how um, she doesn't believe that her fellow candidates are necessarily lying. She thinks a lot of them are telling the truth in the sense that they probably... Um, produce or like offer up mostly factual information and omit certain mm-hmm. unappealing or uncomfortable truths about their past like kamala downplaying her record as a prosecutor right or uh gillibrand putting a positive gloss on her uh, involvement with me too or warren you were saying yeah or warren um being a republican <laughs> yeah and like a friend of corporations yeah um but she said you know the in in the court of law which is a nice segue into uh, your Epstein saga, but yeah. she said in the court of law, you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Mm-hmm. And that's what political candidates have to do as well. Like they don't just merely get to tell the truth. They have to tell the whole truth and mm-hmm. nothing but the truth. And I like that. It was a very clever spin. Yeah. She loves the constitution. Yeah. She did. <laughs> she did invoke the constitution many times over. And I was that's like, one of her shticks. Yeah. Which is interesting, it's which smart. is very Christian. Yeah, to like put is. like a primacy on text, even though the Constitution itself isn't Christian, but like, yeah, to be obsessed with like the source material. Um, exegesis is that how you? Say? I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, she does. It's funny because I think the reason that she's called a grifter is because I don't actually think she's a grifter. She like believes in her message, and I think she genuinely wants to help people. But she uses certain guerrilla tactics, such mm-hmm. as pummeling people with quotes and uh references from certain texts yeah i mean and people are just hostile just towards spirituality yeah in general and they like because if they don't understand something they're very quick to call it a grift yes yeah you know yeah so i think like the people that she appeals to who are like uh kind of like upper crust like elite new yorkers on the other hand of nothing left but their spirituality their spirituality mm-hmm. is the way that they rationalize their privileged status in the right. world that's how i do it yeah god did it <laughs> um god god made all of this possible <laughs> and on the seventh day god made patreon <laughs> um i'm very grateful i've been feeling very um like gracious and optimistic and happy lately <laughs> well that's sure how we'll be fleeting but well yeah i mean like l- life is like an ebb and flow of like extreme tedium and despair punctuated by moments of happiness it's like the old cliche about i might not even kill myself <laughs> <laughs> the important point is that you can never kill yourself but you have to th- constantly threaten to kill yourself so people don't <laughs> know when it's coming or if it's coming right and they know that they better be nice to you yeah or they'll regret it or they'll be sorry you'll all be sorry um when i'm dead 
uh shall we segue to i went to the epstein hearing on tuesday (laughs) um which i've already talked about a little bit on true and on but i'll talk about it again um and which people already know about because the daily mail published that uh picture of me with the jane doe incredible (laughs) Um, and people were very quick to say that I was stealing Epstein victim Valor, Valor yeah. um, which I'm not doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was there to support a uh, friend of mine who was a victim of Epstein. Mm-hmm. Mm. But the hearing was also open to the public. So anybody could anyone hypothetically walk in. But yeah. people don't do stuff like that. No, they don't. Um, I mean, some people, I mean, the people who go to court hearings are like, I mean, someone said this on the subreddit and Mm. and a friend of the pod, Michael, said this to me yesterday and like 90% of life is showing up. Yeah. I'm learning that. Like, that's how stupid shit happens to you. Yeah. You just. (laughs) How do you think a friend of the pod, Leia, gets all those incredible photos and all that incredible footage of fucked up weird shit happening on the streets? She's out there. She's just out there. Yeah. Doing her Gonzo style guerrilla reporting. (laughs) There she is. Um, yeah, so you went to the Epstein, can you, so I'm like blissfully unaware of this. Can you break down what this hearing was and what it it did and did not do? Basically the explicit purpose of the hearing was to dismiss the indictment against Jeffrey Epstein due to his untimely and mysterious death. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is basically has to happen due to like legal precedent Mm -hmm. and no one really contested it. And that's standard practice in yeah. cases like this. You, he's, he's dead. Yeah. Um, and then, so then the, and then the other reason was that they wanted to give the victims a chance to say their piece mm-hmm. because they don't, they didn't get their day in court. Mm-hmm. So it was like an open hearing for them to sort of testify. Um, there were a lot of victims there. There were maybe 30 or so. Okay. Um, and maybe 15 or more spoke, but like so something that's a big that. chunk because he's, speculated to have 80 about around 80 victims and i don't buy that i think that number is incredibly low i think there's a thousand yeah definitely i had to come three times a day (laughs) wait what yeah what how did he make all that money who has time to come three (laughs) times a day he made his money blackmailing people and like keeping their secrets so he had a pretty open schedule to nut all day long. Yeah. So, okay. So what most people come like once every three days. <laughs> is I don't know. What, I don't know what the the average is for coming, but I know that three times is too much a day. Yeah, it is. Um, Unless you're a woman. <laughs> you can have multiple. I don't like it. I <laughs> I feel very guilty after I have an orgasm and then I... Um, I just feel have to uh, take my dog collar off. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, I mean, it was, it was very harrowing. Um, some of the girls could like barely talk. Mm-hmm. They were so upset. I say girls. I mean, these are women who are in their like thirties now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were primarily victimized as like underage teens. Um, and the Epstein defense in their opening remarks talked about how they still want to know what happened like to his body and like how, you know, why he, they think he was murdered. Okay. They talked about, you know, the, the bones and the neck and all of that. I'm glad we can all agree on one thing. Well, the prosecutor, the United States, the woman, the lawyer, the 
lawyer for them was like this isn't relevant to the case there was like some bickering initially about mm-hmm. like whether or not it was um relevant to the case to talk about whether or not jeffrey epstein was murdered which of course it is um and gloria allred who represented my friend um she was one of the only like uh, attorneys who mentioned that same idea that we should we should be interested in what happened to him <laughs> mm-hmm. um but i think it was i think that the it was good catharsis for the victims well you know? i mean i think it was question- it did give them some semblance of peace even though they'll never have justice and they do want you know Gislaine to be prosecuted as well but i think we'll never see her again and lots of them interacted with her directly really yeah so she really did have like a meaningful substantial role in procuring girls yeah that's and the taking most... their passports and trafficking them and facilitating this whole she's thing. like a in, in national consulate like taking passports to issue sexual visas it's really fucking dark it's really dark but th- the funny thing the thing that's most alarming to me is like people are understandably very angry at epstein in his like decades long uh, sex trafficking yeah. operation but I, um, I mean, we're all people who have had weird, uncomfortable, rapey brushes sure, in our past. And it's mm-hmm. totally fathomable to me how a man would behave like that. Um, maybe not on such a grand and organized scale, but the idea of a woman procuring gr- other women yeah. for use by a man is just, it's kind of all too understandable, but yet unfathomable on some level. I mean, I can understand sort of because he, he did that a lot. He would like sort of groom these girls and then they would recruit other girls. Mm-hmm. And then I assume they were like compensated for that in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a girl who was rec- there were several girls who were recruited by their own sisters and stuff. Yeah. But I think that something that a lot of them talked about was like they didn't even really realize that they had been molested. Yeah. Completely. You know, some of them had like maybe some of, some of them had like one encounter with Epstein where they like immediately registered it as like an assault and like you know their life was plunged into like anxiety and darkness but a lot of them were kind of like we just didn't it seems so normal it's like this is sort of what passes for normal amongst like the Young uber women. wealthy and like in like that kind of culture because it's so when you're dealing with like that level of wealth I think it's like unfathomable, especially to like a young, young person. Mm-hmm. He had on the Lolita Express, the, um, the floors are made out of Tempur-Pedic mattresses. <laughs> like waterbeds. And he, um, my friend Jane Doe, who was on the Lolita Express, um, he showed her the room and he told her that the floors were mattressed because he liked to sleep with like women at his feet, like slaves yikes yeah like egyptian king shit like getting buried with your concubines and she as a 15 year old was like really wanted to say like why (laughs) like why the fuck would you want to do that but um i think that like being indoctrinated into that world is a lot of just i don't know it seems like something that you just can't fathom so you just go along go along with it yeah and like your brain is literally underdeveloped as a 15 year old girl you can't really and then you have to keep the secret that yeah. just like proliferates your trauma. 
Yeah. I mean, he ruined so many people's lives. Yeah. And like he ruined a lot of people's, like, as I understand it, he mainly targeted girls who were like underprivileged from broken families, which is classical pedophile MO among rich and poor pedophiles. And it's like, I mean, that's why, you know, think about like Bill Clinton, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like NAFTA Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the outsourcing of labor and like the widening wealth inequality and like the fact that there is like a permanent underclass that then these pedophiles can prey on. Yeah. It's hard not to become very conspiratory because it's like it is so systematic in all of these levels and it's so hard to even think about anyway i think i wish i didn't know who jeffrey epstein was <laughs> i think about him every fucking day i consistently meet people who have no idea who jeffrey epstein is i, I went to the coffee shop yesterday and there is a guy in an epstein's baseball hat Mm-hmm. I think Epstein's is like a Jewish deli or something. And I was God. like, bro, this is not the hat to wear in this moment. <laughs> like, do you know who Jeffrey Epstein is? <laughs> a um, lot of people, yeah. I mean, don't. And the this hearing even, I talked about this a little bit on True Non, but like it wasn't really that publicized. Yeah. Well, that's that's crazy. It's really interesting how these things fly under the radar. It's like the Marianne fundraiser. It, it seemed almost underattended. The crowd was really thin, and yet mm-hmm. they were claiming that they were sold out. Maybe it had to do with like the capacity of the room, but generally people don't turn out for these things unless you're Bernie. Right. Like Bernie's actually having a um, fundraiser, I think, next week in Williamsburg oh. at Brooklyn Bowl, and they're already sold out, but... Wow. you best believe there's going to be people lined up around the block of course yeah no people do show up for bernie that's yeah. true I, I went to his first rally right I yeah talked about it and it was very well attended yeah and it was like freezing yeah but generally speaking that's the thing i mean epstein was able to fly under the radar for so long not only because he had vast reserves of wealth to exploit but also because nobody was really paying attention yeah which so is really sad do you think I was molested? Uh, your voice is too deep for that. <laughs> a lot of them did have very molested voices. Yeah, I mean, it's this true. is like Adam Carolla's theory that um, you're, if you're molested, your voice is stunted at the age which you were molested. <laughs> I don't think Adam Carolla made that up. <laughs> well, it was his like kind of like it was probably love line. Like it was a, yeah. a theory that he pandered on lo- love line to great effect. Um, mm. But like, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> um I think that that's, you know, there's truth to that for sure. Um, so you're thinking no for me. I I want to say no, but... Not that I know I'm of. sure some I just, shit happened to you in, in your teens. Yeah, but I think that that was like... I was already fucked by that point. Yeah. Not literally, but like... No, <laughs> not literally, but fucked on some level. But well, I used to have phone sex with pedophiles when I was... Like, yeah, I did too, probably, yeah. Uh, I but met a guy at like Virgin Records in New York who <laughs> thankfully turned out to be my age, but very unattractive. But we did that kind of shit because we didn't fully understand the ramifications. Right. God. Teens. Yeah. No, it's so horrible. Stay I mean, safe. I have a lot of people were like, well, how can you how can you girls be so um, believe women about the Epstein victims, but be so critical of me, too, in general? And I was reading this mm-hmm. article that this really long read that came out on Reason uh, in Reason magazine mm-hmm. about this journalist who was like a correspondent for the Beijing times who had his career ruined and now lives in his parents' basement in his thirties because two women filed claims against him uh, that were 
judging by the details, were at the time consensual hookups that the, they then uh-huh. uh, revised to mischaracterize as assault. And that was classified in the media as a pattern, never mind that these hookups were four years apart and he had no like kind of consistent yeah. routine of molesting or abusing women. Right. Um, thankfully, his girlfriend ended up staying with him, much to her detriment. And now they're <laughs> like trying to piece together their broken lives. And this has happened to a lot of men who were accused of Me Too infractions uh-huh. who are not nearly as like powerful or well-connected as Epstein and will never be able to recoup their lives. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking, well, there's a vast ocean of difference between what happened to a bunch of 15-year-old girls who were like run, rounded up and literally sex trafficked. I mean, the Epstein thing isn't even a... a ba- it, it's so different from it's not a me too situation it's like a class it's like to me it's such a class issue yeah and i think it came to light in part because of the fervor and momentum of me too yeah because people were really scrounging around for targets to cancel (laughs) and they're like oh we forgot about this one yeah and so in some sense there is this like very morally ambiguous thing where Me Too was successful at least on one count, actually on two counts in the case of Epstein and Weinstein and maybe a few other high-powered guys. Yeah. But overall, I still say that it's been mostly disastrous and yet it's something that has to now play out. Right. We to, because yeah. we can't stop it. There's no stopping it, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. What else happened at the... I mean, yeah, it was mostly the testimony of the girls. Yeah, and now I think we were the, the one thing that like freaks me out is I think their testimony plays into this like public collective need for like stories of salacious predation upon mm. underage girls. So people are now like... The trauma industry. Yeah, and he... And it so happened that he had a very consistent type. Yeah. I mean, Which seeing I think them all it was tickles like people's fancy. Yeah. The blondes versus Jeffrey Epstein, yeah. for sure. Um, blondes, wonderful. Yeah. Um, I forgot what I was gonna say. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I I have also a feeling after I I got my hands on. I will try to be as oblique as possible. I got my hands on some Jeffrey Epstein correspondences, which you are aware of, Dasha. Yeah, you sent them to and me. And just um. That's exactly how those kind of men talk, too. Yeah, and reading in his own language, um, him sounding basically, I mean, this is presuming they're real, reading him sounding like kind of a Tinder millennial who's using, like, PUA tactics on women, like, nagging them in the most obvious way possible in a way that only works on 15-year-old girls. Right. It made me think that the reason that he targeted 15-year-old girls was not only because he was sexually attracted to minors but also because that was the only level or register that he felt truly comfortable (laughs) because he's such a fucking corny immature knob i mean like him being associated with david blaine and david copperfield too is like hilarious of course you like magic you fucking rube like (laughs) rich people don't even have good taste it's such a fucking waste they Poor Dave Navarro is really lucky that he dodged that bullet of uh, guilt by association with Epstein because he's the kind of guy that Epstein would love. I yeah. love your look <laughs> and your ideas, man. <laughs> What's that have to do with pussy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. But I think like it's uh, it, these girls were the only people I feel like that he felt that he could intellectually and emotionally lord over. 
Mm. Yeah. Well, the thing is that another theme that came out in these testimonies was that he sort of had this idea of himself as being like benevolent Mm -hmm. to them and that like he was somehow, I mean, he comp, you know, he did compensate them a lot financially and stuff, but, or some more than others, but he, that he was almost like teaching them and training them. And like Mm -hmm. one girl discussed how she, um, he would like try and teach her breathing techniques and stuff because he felt like she was holding her breath all the time because she was probably terrified. Scared. Yeah. And nervous. He's like, I'm going to teach you how to breathe out of your pussy. And he like um, molested this girl and then made her like tell him how good it was for her. Mm-hmm. Her first sexual experience. You know, he was also obsessed with like truly defiling girls in there. One girl. Oof, it's so dark. I can't. It's <laughs> Oh, man. Well, that's the difference also. That's the material difference between a guy like Epstein who actively preyed on and defiled young women versus a guy like Louis C.K. or Aziz Ansari who was either just a prick and or got off on humiliation. His own. Yeah, his own humiliation. Right, totally. Like, Jeffrey Epstein was a clear-cut predator a lot of the guys that are now being nailed to the cross under the auspice yeah you know and there's hundreds of powerful men who will never you know get their (laughs) their due well not to speak of the mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of not powerful men it's worse when they're powerful (laughs) it is well i was thinking about this i was actually because i have like really like really full sympathy for the victims and i've partly stayed out of this because it's like in a sense like personal and painful because when I was 15 this sort of shit happened to me mm-hmm. except it was with a person who had zero net worth and probably negative net worth and you know had a warrant for like a credit card scheme and like another one for like a mobile scheme yeah and that guy you know a guy like that his life is probably ruined by his own devices but nobody's ever gonna seek justice against him and he's because there's not kind of like a pool of women who can share and relay their shared experiences right and there's no utility in going after him because he has no money and no power so what's your point i mean i don't have a point (laughs) but my point is that it's actually it's really a toss-up what's worse being preyed on by a multi-billionaire or being preyed on by some poor loser a multi-billionaire well i don't know because in the in the kind of <laughs> absolute value terms of trauma it's equally traumatic right it's equally ruinous to your life as a young woman i don't know i you think it's <laughs> potentially worse? yes i mean i'm not it's not like i'm not trying to quantify trauma or anything like that i just think that it was it's so much more than just him being a pedophile it's like the powerlessness that these girls felt and the way that he like I mean he wanted he's just more than a pedophile he wants slaves yeah he wanted and slaves exist there's 50 million slaves in the world and that's like it's more than just force it's like it comes out of poverty yeah you know I I think yeah what is truly like heartbreaking and disempowering uh, if you've been the victim of a guy like Epstein is that you're not just facing down his individual crimes, but you're facing down this whole institutional complex that like basically conceals and harbors them. Right. 
and well this is like another thing that really like got my goat so david boys i sent you this yeah. the former kind of weinstein long-term attorney. attorney of weinstein who also represented the interests of theranos yes is now the lawyer of eight of the victims yes i saw him there yeah he was in the building and like i don't blame the victims for taking such a high-powered and uh, respected attorney mm-hmm. to kind of argue their cause but i do blame him he's going on like a tour of redemption because he, there have been enough think pieces now authored about what a piece of shit he was right right <laughs> and i'm sure if you dig into that guy's personal life you'll find some shit that you don't want to see yeah lawyers are fucked honestly yeah. <laughs> i mean gloria allred is like if camille poglia was not a moralist and had zero academic uh gloria allred is incredible she's like a powerhouse firebrand i met her yeah how and was she just amazing tiny so tiny and yeah. powerful and yeah. like confident and great um but david boys yeah he is a fucking ghoul of course yeah and now he's representing the interests of this like underclass who will never seek who will never get justice and probably actually having recruiting powerful attorneys like Allred and boys to their cause will help them well they're going to sue his estate yeah which means that they can get some money i think so yeah money is probably the best form of justice that you can get (laughs) it's truly restorative for them for sure i mean at this point i'm sure we'd love to see jeffrey epstein rotting in jail rotting in jail or in terms of what's realistic yeah um the assets definitely (laughs) would, would help i think and i hope they do get their i hope they win <laughs> well what's next for them so they're going to go after his estate yeah and, and that's all that's not going to be like public hearings those are going to be like private private trials. yeah and that's going to be a, probably on a case by case basis i'm not sure i don't know it made me wish i had gone to law school honestly it's not too late kim kardashian went to law school at the ripe old age of like 38 or 39 it's whatever true, she is but we all know i'm not going to law school <laughs> we all know i never was going to go to law school when I was entertaining it, I, you know, even I knew I was like, yeah. I'm just lying to myself. <laughs> well, maybe you can get like an honorary law degree. I Dasha might, Esquire. <laughs> I might go to sit on and on some more trials just to get, you know, it's fun. It feels, it, it's very, it feels very sacred and like cool. Mm-hmm. And I, but resp- and everyone says like respectfully. Everyone's, yeah, everything's respect. Yeah, I really enjoy that. And I think the judge, oh, this is what I was going to say. The judge, um, was he was advised not to even have the hearing and not let the victim speak by a legal advisor who had been previously employed by Epstein. Okay. Well, okay. What? Because obviously they don't want the victims to speak. They well, published in they published in like an op-ed in a law journal um, mm-hmm. that was given to Judge Berman, where they said that it would like heighten the dramatization of the Epstein case to let the victims speak. Mm-hmm. And I think I do think that judge berman is like honorable and potentially even on the right side of history Mm -hmm. because he um talked a lot about like transparency Mm -hmm. and why it was important for for the victims to be heard and it is fucking important i don't know why people don't care wait why why do you think it's important like to have them say their piece in yeah because it puts um for them first of all Mm -hmm. And then for them to have a sense of any kind of closure and then also for the public to just have access to this information and to see that like 
these were human beings Mm -hmm. that it's not like in the fucked up drama of the Epstein saga it's like I just think it's important not to forget that these are like human lives human beings are so disenfranchised that they were vulnerable to this kind of like exploitation Mm -hmm. I mean that's why (laughs) that's why I'm out there every day doing my Epstein (laughs) trutherism um and getting to the bottom of it come to the epstein truth or meetup the other (laughs) thing is that um what i want to know and i don't know anything about this is Mm -hmm. like is it feasible to go after his co-conspirators are they even named at this point i mean we know just we know prince albert prince andrew prince Prince albert sorry i'm (laughs) thinking of the penile piercing (laughs) (laughs) um I don't know. I don't think we'll see Ghislaine again. I I have no idea. I don't know <laughs> um, how it works or how, like, how to bring those people to justice at all. Yeah, I'm I sure mean, this is really, will. like, the sexual Ponzi scheme of the century. Mm-hmm. Because it really... it's impossible to... I, every, everybody seems so siloed. It's impossible to identify who was actively involved. I feel like it really marks the end of our decade. You know, the way the Manson murders mark the end of like yeah that's a good point it's like um you know what Zizek said about um the kind of like two bookends of the liberal consensus like 9-11 and the great recession exactly I think that the the reckoning with the Epstein case is going to like be the sort of paradigm shift that takes us into the next (laughs) the next turn if you will of extreme depredation the both economic and sexual widespread mental illness (laughs) (laughs) oh man now i'm i was so happy when we started the podcast and now i'm depressed again um i'd rather be dead than bear witness to this no you have to remember what you said very early on that you can't die because something retarded might happen right yeah (laughs) um yeah that's true but Epstein's like a many-headed hydra. You cut his egg-shaped penis head <laughs> off and like a thousand other ones come up out of the woodwork. And there's probably things that we that we don't even know and don't have access to. Like he's actually probably relatively not powerful because there even is a paper trail that we can trace. Yeah, and know? he's even in the media and people now know who he is mm-hmm. and he got like whacked or committed assisted suicide in prison. Like, right. Dr. Kevorkian would be proud. Um, anyway, <laughs> moving we on. can move on. Um, what should we move on to? Should we talk about um, the G7 summit, which I have no idea what that is. I know it's like <laughs> yeah. an economic coalition of All the, the top uh, economies in the world. Yeah, where Trump has been acting perfect again. He's been acting out. Has he been doing the thing where he hugs the flag? Or no? <laughs> I don't know, but so this is the, the 40, <laughs> I looked this up, this is the 46th meeting mm-hmm. of the summit since 1975, and Trump is the official host. Oh, cool. Which is weird, right? Because it seems like the international community hates him. Like, you sent me that thing of, like, Merkel snorting Yeah. when he said, I have German blood. <laughs> you... Germany be lucky to have yeah, it. fucking Merkel. It's funny because like everybody's tr- trying to now disavow Trump, but he's like a classic big leg Bavarian. He's like <laughs> a guy who eats sausage in like a beer hall. Of course he's German. Yeah, look at his fluffy blonde hair. Yeah. <laughs> and, like um, ruddy, rosacea skin. <laughs> it's like been spackled over by like 
a bunch like five layers of like Sasha Baron Cohen-esque contouring and bronzer what else happened to G- G7 um why is it called that because <laughs> it's the it's called the group of seven I thought it was oh. like the G6 like the kind of like private jet Lolita Express mm-hmm. engine thing but um it used to include Russia yeah up until recently and I was like wait why is Russia ejected are they not good enough yeah their economy the falter is like so <laughs> business not going well and i guess they were forcibly ejected because of the annexation of the crimea oh yeah so they're no longer involved um and but Putin's, the economy is still strong <laughs> the economy is going great <laughs> daddy putin um, but they were ejected and actually trump has been banging the drum of letting russia into this uh-huh uh historic caucus of elite <laughs> economic countries um i i think that russia probably should participate and so should china by that no i mean these are like mostly european countries right. they're the wealthiest countries it seems like i mean people hate when we do geopolitics yeah we're really bad at it and i mean i think like um the eu used to, pr- to participate in it when and it was called the group of eight plus five which made me think of that awful show john and kate plus eight <laughs> What are you watching, by the way? Flipping X's. What I don't know. It's, a, it's like Bravo's attempt to elbow its way into the niche carved out by HDTV, where like couples on the brink of murder, suicide, flip and or look at homes. What? It's just a new Bravo reality show. Flipping X's sounds like you have to go live in your ex's house. It's, it's about people who were formerly together are now exes and like flip houses. Oh, a lot of people do that apparently <laughs> when you have your assets tied up with your former partner right huge mistake um yeah so it's funny because actually merkel and trump look like they're the same type of like potato you know yeah they have the same like potato face <laughs> features they look like they, they were they tenderized the with a meat hammer right um but of course she's offended um he also has falsely claimed that his father fred was born in germany which he wasn't he was born in the bronx he's confused he's confused yeah you know his dad it all gets mixed up and now there's like a a trump not welcome hashtag trending trump not welcome yeah because people don't want him but i keep making up hashtags guys it's been working great so far He, he it's weird that he's the host though because again it seems like everybody hates him nobody takes him seriously and next year boris johnson is slated to host huh okay <laughs> so bojo huh basically I, it looks like the mo of all these like macroeconomic neolibs is to disavow somebody in public but then uh-huh. give them the reins well what do they even talk about like macroeconomic policy like how can how they can like uh conscientiously deforest the amazon right. and um let the major- like let immigrants into the <laughs> eu tariffs on a shit. moral ticket yeah. i don't know sure <laughs> while disenfranchising local workers tariffs i've been meaning to listen to the the tariffs episode of uh, what's left podcast what it's it's amy Teresa's podcast oh. <laughs> and they talk they break down this whole tariff thing they talk okay i'll maybe i'll yeah, give, that a give it a listen to it when i'm at the gym um, fucking lifting weights yeah deadlifts and shit yeah <laughs> trump is, is also like he also announced called himself an environmentalist which is hilarious sure why not <laughs> he's like he alone. doesn't know what that word means he doesn't know <laughs> He's like a 
lone polar bear on a melting ice cap (laughs) with the rest of the world looking on in like horror and pity his like white fur is like sooty and he's only getting funnier um yeah he he tweeted a really funny thing about um gillibrand dropping out um oh yeah which i have somewhere here god damn it um i think he said that um thank god the dems didn't figure out that she was the one i was afraid of. yeah which is hilarious it's so funny (laughs) i think he actually probably is afraid of her on some level like he didn't want to face her down in a debate because he didn't want to be like pelted with her like shrill harpy rhetoric right i'm scared of her i'm scared of her too yeah (laughs) i don't want to meet gillibrand in a dark alley um it looks like they did dismiss well we knew that that was gonna i just someone just texted me Mm. that they dismissed the indictment against epstein but we knew we knew that was coming coming. um is there anything else um we're at like 56 we can talk about kim's uh shapewear line oh yeah kimono yeah that she had to rename it yeah come on she can have kimono. It's her name. It's her name. <laughs> it's a pun on her name. It's not it's cultural not. appropriation. And like, even if it was, who cares? Who fucking cares? I love I all can't. these libtards like turning out to defend Japan, which is like exactly the, the number one imperialist cu- culture of cultural appropriation. Japan is an ethno state. Who? has its hand in the honey pot of all cultures there's like yes. people doing blackface in japan <laughs> at all times yeah i think kimonos are fair game guys yeah. i think ugh. like when people got mad at barbara Ehrenreich for saying something about marie kondo oh i don't right. even she remember called her fascist or something she no called i her, called her a fascist called her, okay. um she i forget what she said but yeah all of that backlash was also like you guys don't have to stick up for Japan. I know. They're this fine a, without this us. This isn't a fucking problem. They've spent like the last, uh, I don't know how many years, 100, 200 years trying to freeze other cultures and countries out from tampering in their nation state. Well, the problem ostensibly with cultural appropriation is that it like deprives, you know, like when Miley Cyrus twerks or whatever Mm -hmm. (laughs) she's like taking something from a culture that is underprivileged and and then depriving them of resources and sort of stealing their like creative social capital or whatever right i guess but like that's not it doesn't matter with japan with japan <laughs> every time one of these scandals it's not breaks, insensitive to uh, even china i'd say you should be yeah, able to care. do you can wear the pointy hat you can wear the slutty dress well every time one of these <laughs> cultures or scandals breaks that's like oh um so and so actress like you know fucking margot robbie or anna ferris or scarlett johansson was mm-hmm. not allowed to play an asian character because it was cultural appropriation the asian cu- countries like issue a joint pr statement being like no we want more like hot white chicks playing <laughs> asian characters it's great pr for us They're like this is our film industry yeah they don't give a shit they're not offended people don't know anything yeah, they're like maybe offended if you go in, into their establishment and speak at like a loud volume. They don't care if you're like culturally <laughs> appropriating kimonos. The one thing that I People heard that so was borderline troublesome was allegedly Kim was trying to trademark the name kimono and then charge artists who tried to use the term kimono, which could ostensibly be problematic because I see if a Japanese artist wanted to incorporate 
kimono into their branding they would be charged like a licensing fee or something but she wasn't e- kim is not even making kimonos she's making shapewear mm-hmm. and she's probably making it in a fucking sweatshop and that's what we should be talking yeah, about. yeah right no that's what i said she's like wealth <laughs> i said this on twitter and people were like we can be mad at two things at once we can oh, be mad at cultural people appropriation are so and wealth hoarding and i'm like no it's not cultural appropriation you can't be mad at it actually yeah it's it's i don't believe that you're mad at it it's just i don't you're being disingenuous i know it's the most retarded thing people should be mad at kim for literally setting up fake brands and shell corporations to preserve her unreasonable wealth nobody (laughs) should be that wealthy you don't need to be i know i know if you can yeah and I'm not even a kind of an anti-wealth person. I'm all for getting as rich as you can within kind of moderation, meaningful bounds to establish a future for yourself and your kids and maybe your grandkids. Yeah. But if your personal wealth is like the GDP of like a <laughs> small shithole country, is what are Kim you even much doing, money? Bro? What's Kim's net worth? I don't know. She's it's, a billionaire. It's, I don't think she's a uh, Kylie, With I think is going to be the first and youngest or not the first but the youngest female billionaire wow from selling those like no one should be a billionaire yeah and that's (laughs) you don't need a billion dollars it's makes you bad (laughs) yeah it makes your mind warped for sure it It warps your mind creates like a moral rot in your soul yeah and if you're a man you end up molesting 15 year olds and if you're a woman you end up spending millions of dollars on your child's first birthday that they won't even remember (laughs) Ugh. oh should we talk about fgm oh yeah do we have we anything can, to say i mean i don't really get it i just saw that people were mad at caitlin flanagan mm-hmm. for saying that alana mar should do more uh against the female genital mutilation practices she should do more fgm <laughs> <laughs> um but i didn't i don't to- i don't totally have a grasp of what's going on i just don't want people to be mad at caitlin flanagan yeah, it's annoying. She was really she, wilding out. Oh yeah, what I was love she her. wilding out about. Just she has been tweeting a lot and like picking fights with people. She's really. I sent you that article in the Atlantic from a few years ago mm-hmm. about her. How she was sort of the. I really consider her to be sort of the patron saint of. <laughs> yeah, she's our fairy godmother. <laughs> yeah, she was like the first one to to do it, to be like a bitch. Well, she was <laughs> she was the first person, who was like part of this media class to be kind of a moralizer and a firebrand and i was tweeting about how morality is not really tolerated mm-hmm. in women it's not people don't like it in men it's a liability in men but it's a real crime in women and i think people are afraid of caitlin flanagan they really are yeah i think so because too. she's like a, a a moral conscience and a super ego and it makes people kind of question their own motives wow. and so they like lash out at her right i was thinking about this in reference of uh, to like camille poglia and susan sontag who famously hated each other sontag hated poglia more than the other way around yeah she thought she was like a little upstart which is cute that the two great moralizing females of the 20th century were right. like at all with each <laughs> other when they should be like see there's no possibility of consensus among females true Especially if you're the same type of female. If you're this a different type of female and you like different types of guys, then it's possible. <laughs> but but only now are they. Um, we we get along pretty. We good. get along, but we're like. But we've joined forces. and Yang, yeah. <laughs> but only now are women like Pogli and Sontag, 
kind of beloved or lionized back when they were in their prime they were hated yeah people right. hated them feminists wrote all people sorts still of hate Pac, they yeah. still hate her yeah mm. i don't know i sort of read this fgm article we don't need to go into it mm. we can well allegedly minnesota is it yeah the fifth yeah. district is uh, where the vast majority of fgm procedures in the united states happen uh-huh. but i'd like to get a statistic on that a hundred said caitlin flanagan in, the, in some span recent span of time okay there have been a so hundred reported girls who had been cut cuts who is oh. administering these procedures in the united exactly. states because no credible doctor would offer up to do that it's like in there like it's somali people or something yeah. is that the community that <laughs> yeah it's mostly somali muslims right and i guess people were piling on to flanagan because they were saying that she was being like essentially bigoted bigoted mm-hmm. bigoted against black people and muslims right she islamophobic, was islamophobic they were yeah, saying yeah she was being islamophobic which i don't think that's the case she actually had a good line i can read it's it it's not the issue um, she says um, in the in her article, you know, she's like, this is America. And she's right. We don't do that here. Yeah. One in Rome. She says we do know. not reject FGM because it's practiced primarily by dark skinned people or because it's often erroneously presented as an Islamic commandment. We reject FGM because it's barbarism. Yeah. And her claim is that Ilhan Omar hasn't done enough to support the cause because she where she has been completely like vehemently against stoning right she has taken a much more kind of lukewarm but she has voted condemnatory line against against fgm yeah yeah Yeah. so she's maybe splitting hairs a little bit a little bit because i think what ilhan omar is concerned with at the end of the day is as caitlin flanagan rightly points out um anti-immigration attitudes right so if the conservatives get their hands on fgm they can make this an issue into keeping black and or muslim immigrants out of the country but fgm is barbarous it is yeah (laughs) it's horrible there's not (laughs) well there's a lot of weird spin like the woman the libs aren't going to spin this one no i mean how could they possibly well the libs like historically refused to condemn any sort of uh barbarous cultural practices that come out of the muslim world because they don't want it to be perceived as islamophobia which is stupid and wrong-headed right but backwards and crazy hidebound so i guess i mean it's it's basically reportedly 98 percent of girls in somalia have undergone or will undergo fgm so the vast majority of somalian girls right compared to kind of a tiny minority in the united states of somali americans yeah Yeah, but we, I mean, we shouldn't do it. (laughs) Well, no, but there's a bill that basically would criminalize uh, parents who allowed their children to be genitally mutilated, Uh which Caitlin Flanagan supports. Of course. And Ilhan Omar supported with the caveat that parents of children should not be criminalized. Right. So if they are criminalized and they're convicted as felons or whatever, there's probably a high chance that they wouldn't be able, they would be separated from their families. Right. Which is kind uh, of a morally dicey. It's true. It's no, true. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I just wish they wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. But I think just like. Stop. Cut it out. You guys <laughs> literally cut it out. <laughs> um, 
I fuck. <laughs> no, but on some level, I do agree that this has to take the form of like within the Muslim and Somali communities, like an active initiative to uh, portray this as like an aberrant and barbaric right. practice. Right. And to not, I mean, I don't think anyone is taking like a cultural relativist perspective on this, are they? That would blow my mind. No, I hope not. Right? <laughs> I'm like waiting for like Jessica Valenti or like Amanda Marcote to be like, well, <laughs> like one of these lib femmes. Um, anyway. All right. We're not going to solve the problem of <laughs> female genital mutilation. I got nothing. I yeah. love Caitlin Flanagan. I, I do too. Yeah. And I think she's mostly right. And when she's not, it's okay. And yeah. people need to respect her for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Should we wrap it up? Yeah. Maybe I'll... I gotta go to rehearsal. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'll am i leave you guys with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Here we go. Sometimes love says no. Love is fierce. Love sets boundaries. Oh, It's beautiful. That's that's great. That's yeah. great. exactly what I needed to hear. Yeah. <laughs> see, anyway, we'll see you in hell. In hell. <laughs>